day to you all. Thank you so much for tuning in today for this live session. And uh, welcome to Blux. If you're new to the room, welcome to Blux. Today's session um, on the positive effects of frequency, we have got an amazing, amazing, amazing special guest. Um, he goes by the name of Omar, Omar Lifeuk, who has joined me directly on stage. Um, and we're going to be hearing from, from Omar in, in, in just a second. Um, but just a, a couple of house rules very quickly. This session is going to be recorded, okay? Um, there is an opportunity for you guys to ask questions a little bit later. Um, but just to let you know, it will be recorded for my podcast a little bit later on. But without further ado, the man in hand, Omar. Grand rising, brother. How are you, Good sir? Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly, man. Live and direct, I can hear you clearly. How are All you? Right. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Hoping that the rain is going to stay away today. Ah, well, you know what? Up it's, and down, you know, guys. You know, the funniest thing is, you know, back in the day, you know, you know, we would talk, we'd, our ancestors would talk to the weather, uh-huh. and the weather would change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's leave that happen. So you never know, you never know. I well, just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out, you know, to uh, to join me on stage. Um, no really, really appreciate you, brother. Really appreciate you. No worries. Well, look, I mean, I'm going to get into it a little bit when it comes to frequency and vibration. Um, now, I'm going to ask you a question, because mm-hmm. when I've sat down and listened to your music, um, sometimes I can only describe it as spiritual, in terms of the way that it impacts me, right? Okay. Um, and because I'm somebody who I now understand a lot more about frequency and vibration and all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. I need to ask you a question, right? Because there's stuff that you invoke. Is it on purpose? Do you know exactly the frequencies that are within your music? Is it something that you've been aware of? Um, what's your understanding of frequency, Omar? Uh, well, I, if, uh, the word frequency I would exchange for vibe. If you okay. get me, because that's the kind of thing that I go with. If the vibe is right, then then that's what I that's what I deal with. I, I call myself a vibes man as more more than the, the musician part. You know, there's right. some excellent, excellent musicians out there. There's, I've got uh, band members who are excellent musicians, but I'm a vibes man. So I actually know how to lock into that. Uh, you know, like you said, the frequency. And, and uh, you know, uh, let me put it to you this way. You know, like when you're, in a, when you're in a house party, in a blues dance, and they put on that tune and everybody goes crazy. Right. And you have to rewind the tune like two, three times. That right. is the that is the frequency. That's the level that I always try and create with all all of my all all of my music. I just want people to be able, to, you know, that that it affects them enough that they want it. They don't want to hear the tune just one, two times. Then you play it three, four times in a row, because um, it it gets their it gets their spirit, you know, gets them deep. It connects with them. It connects with them. It, well, well, you know, the funniest thing is, it's something that as as melodic people. We understand when you say the word vibe, we understand, you know, it doesn't matter whether you wear a suit right now, you know, or whether you're a deacon and a bishop, we've all been to that rubber dub, you know, wine and go down. <laughs> and, when, and, and when the two licks you, you, you forget everybody else is around, you know. Sure. Um, now, now, the funniest thing is, Omar, I mean, a lot of people know you for, um, for, for your melodic music right mm, but mm. they usually liken it to one one song 
And when I'm sitting down and I'm looking at your art, like the amount of work that you've put out there, mm. boy, you've, you've, you've put out a fair few albums, right? Um, I'm working on album number nine at the moment. Yeah, I've got right. quite a, an extensive catalog, which, right. I'm really, which I'm really proud of. Um, yeah, I mean, if they go for if they go for one, if they go for that one song, then I, I'm happy with that. If they know everything else, I'm happy with that as well. You know, it right. normally starts with that one song, and then and then they, they they begin to discover the rest of the catalog and the history of of where I come from. Now, with that in mind, right? Do you have a favorite song? Because you've got so many, you've got so many albums, right? Nah, so that's like, that's like asking me who's my favorite kid. I couldn't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? they're, they're all my, they're all my babies. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, they, they all come from a special place, uh, and a unique place. You know what I mean? So no, I'm not going to do that. You're going to draw me into that one. All right. So so here, let me put it to you in in a, in, in a different way, right? Mm. When it comes to you recording any of your albums, yeah. are there any albums that stand out more than others? Maybe it could have been something that you were going through at the time, you know, um, is there any album that stands out a little bit more? Yeah, every album is uh, um, uh, what's it, a, a postmark of, of, of a stage of my life where I was at that time, every, every single one. You know, the first album uh, was obviously, you know, in my, my first venture into making uh, making music in that way. Um, there's nothing like this. Fun enough became the was actually the last song for that album. I didn't really have a direction until that that song came along, and it was the last one. Um, music wow. music came along. Um, you know, and that was based on after I just had a, a major record deal, and then uh, for pleasure, I actually went to the states and I, I did a writing trip. Um, which was sparked off with David Frank from the system. Um, you know, I, I made up base camp in, in his his studio, but then I got to work with Leon Ware, Lamont Dozier, Jeff Lorber. Um, I was in studio with Stevie as well. So that is another significant moment um, of my life. And the album after that, this is not a love song. Same same thing was pretty much uh, produced in L.A. And then coming back, I changed all my, my deal and everything. So the fifth album, um, Best By Far, was uh, with a French label. And I kind of, I went to, in a different direction because I'm, I'm a big fan of film music and film scores and stuff. So I was uh, dealing with uh, music with peop uh, people like, um, oh man, I'm going to forget the name right now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he wrote Bullet. Uh, it's going to come back to me in a minute. Excuse me, people. Um, don't, don't, don't even worry about that. It's all, it happens to all of us. It's too early in the morning. Omar. It's too, too early in the morning. Thank <laughs> you for that. Nice one. Could have done it in the afternoon. Could you? No, I had to be in the morning. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, it's just different phases of my life um, where I, I just tried different things. You know, I never, I never tried to uh, repeat myself too much. You know what I mean? I, I'm always experimenting, always trying to do something a little bit different, trying to stay ahead of the curve. And I, I find it easy because, you know, I, I like, I just like messing about with things. You know, there's, there's lots of different styles of music that can be blended and mixed together um, to make the end result of what you, what you want, you know. Um, Seeing If You Want It was my sixth album. That was the, that was the first album that I, I, I made in my own studio that I built um, called Backer Yard, which is still works to this day. I built that in 2003. Seeing If You Want It came out in 2006. 
Um, and, and I've been there. There's vibes in the studio. There's vibes. There you go. You know what I mean? It's blessed. <laughs> it's blessed. It's blessed in there um, as well. And and then the album after that was uh, uh, The Man. <laughs> I can't, I'm losing track. The Man, uh, you know, that was uh, an, another thing. I just moved down to Brighton with the family and you right. know, set up a, a whole other style of writing as well and, and other people that I was writing with. Uh, on to the to the last album, Loving Beats, basically. So you know everything as a, as a is is significant. Um, they take they take a little time to to you know put piece together. Mm. But sometimes they take five years. Sometimes they take two. Uh, one of them took seven. You know, it's just Which, it's how it works. seven years, Omar. Which one took seven years? Uh, that would have been the man. Uh, the man, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, right. it was Six, wait, 2006 before that, so 2013 by the time that came out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, for, for me, your, your music um, is, is epic. And a lot of people who are listening, they know you for There's Nothing Like This. Because for me, that's the ultimate kind of like wedding, wedding song, lover's song, mm. you know, that's, that's the truth. You know, it, that, that tune is up there with, you know, the candies of this world, you know, when you, <laughs> when everybody's right. doing their line dance, you know. Right, um, right. So, so, so a question I've got for you, right? When it mm. came to you writing The Man, what yeah. was it that took so long when it came to writing The Man? And is that, is that, does it depict in the title? Uh, no, it's just, uh, that's how, how it is. You know, certain songs I start writing from years before, and then it doesn't make sense on the project you're working on at the time. I mean, there's one, the last time in Loving Beats, the first song in it called Vicky's Tune, I actually started that when I was built, when I built the studio, which was back in 2003. And Loving right. Beats, Beats didn't come out until 2017. Right. Um, and that's because when, when you put an album together, it's like putting pieces of, of a puzzle together. You, you, you want, or putting a story together, you want people to be, um, uh, focused from the beginning till the end. You don't want them to like say, oh, I'm bored of this and, and then t turn off the album. You know, you want to, you want to do that. And sometimes that it, you, putting the songs together is a bit more intricate that way. You know, I, I did a song for, uh, well, yeah, on the man, there's a, a song called High Heels, which is with a German band that gave me this, they, they asked me to sing on this song mm -hmm. and put something together. And it took me, I think, and I'm laughing about this. I don't think they, they find it that funny, but, uh, I think it took two, two to three years before I actually finally came up with the wow. melody and, and the lyrics for for that song. But the song is is perfect now. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean. If it's not sitting with you at the time, don't fight it. It will come. You just got to be patient. This this thing is a waiting game. You know, not no not in a rush. Got you, got you, got you. I mean, the, the, the thing is, we're, we're speaking specifically today about frequency, right? And mm -hmm. it's something that I, I know you understand, but we're going to go into it a little bit deeper, Omar. We're going to go into it a little bit deeper because as we explore frequency, people don't realize how much it impacts our lives. Because right. the truth of the matter is, we are all made up of frequency. Mm. Okay, so we're all made up of frequency. So, um, the first thing that people always ask me is, what is frequency? And the typical definition of that is, it's emotion that gets repeated periodically back and forth, okay? Now, how many times the object goes up and moves up and down per second equals the cycle? So let me, I'll put it to you in a different way, right? If you said two hertz to me, 
Mm. What that would mean is that the object goes up and down twice per second, right? In terms okay. of, when I'm saying the object, I'm talking about protons, neutrons, I'm talking about, you know, how, our, how the universe is made up, right? Now, if we said 174 hertz, which is a benevolent frequency, it's actually the frequency that relates to pain, that would mean that the object goes up and down 174 times per second, which equals the cycle. Does that make sense? So, so as an example, right, and I'll bring this back round to the conversation, right? I'll bring this back round. If a newborn baby's heart, right, beats at 120 times in a minute, that would equate to two hertz, right? Now, the reason why is because basically for every 60 seconds, it's basically divided by two, so it works out to be two hertz. Now, this is measured in something called SI units. And this was named after a German physicist, a guy called Heinrich Rudolf Holtz in 1887. So he was a person who actually came up with this whole understanding of breaking down the universe in terms of frequency. Now, the Earth that we are living in has its own frequency. And again, people don't understand this. So what covers the Earth is an invisible frequency of 7.83 hertz. Now, when the guys went to the moon, when they came back, because they, they left the orbit, when they came back, they were really, really ill for a period of months. When scientists went in and done a lot more research, they realized that the reason why they were ill was because they were away from the Earth's protective frequency. Now, a simple way of breaking it down to you, have you ever felt like, I want to take off my shoes and put my shoes on, on, on some grass, or I want to walk on some earth, or I want to walk yes. on some sand? You felt like yes. that, right? Yeah, sure. Now, that's not just the feeling. There's something chemical that happens when you do that. There's something biological that happens when you do that. They call it grounding. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. And when we do that, what happens is we begin to get rid of all the, um, elas uh, the electricity around us, and what happens is we begin to tune into Earth's natural rhythm and Earth's natural frequency, which helps us in our frequency, right? Now, the interesting thing about all of this is you can listen to frequency on purpose for it to impact you on a daily basis. Now, now as an example, Omar, right? You're an mm -hmm. artist. People see you just as an artist, but you're, you're a guy, you're, you're a human being. So you wake up in the, in the morning sometimes and feel amazing. You might wake up in the morning sometimes and feel not as good. You must get those days, right? Of course. Right, just like everybody. So one of the things that I suddenly started realizing was that I could begin to utilize frequency on those days when I wasn't feeling the way I wanted to feel. Right? Now, for me, this was quite interesting because it, it only came about through illness, Omar. How I found about, out, out about this whole thing in the first place was through illness. Two years ago, I got really, really sick. Went to the doctors. The doctors turned around to me and said, well, listen, you know, we don't know what it is, but we're going to give you some antibiotics, as they do. So I took the antibiotics. And it made me worse. It made me much worse. So I was looking at what am I going to do, what am I going to do? So I went and spoke to a couple of naturopath friends of mine. And I know that you're a man who understands, you know, that way of life. Mm. Um... When I spoke to the naturopaths, they turned around and said to me, what you need to do is you need to cleanse your system and then you need to reboot yourself. And the, one of the ways to do that is with frequency. So they said, why don't you listen to a few different frequencies? Now, have you ever heard of um, 528 hertz as a frequency, Omar? Yeah, of course. Right. Now, they call it the God tone, right? 
Now, the person that was talking to me said, yeah, listen to 5-2 hertz, um, but also listen to these, these as well. Listen to 396 and listen to 174. So I was like, what is this? What do you mean? What, what is this? So they gave me something to listen to, and I went away and I listened to it. Now, I started listening to 528 hertz, and within 20 minutes of listening to it, I had the worst headache in the world. My head was killing me. I thought to myself, no, I can't, I can't listen to this. this. It's not working. So I went back to my friend and I said, listen, this isn't working. I've listened to 528 hertz. It's really hurting me. They said, listen, what it is is you've got toxicity in you. And I was like, what? They said, you've got toxicity in you. Listen to 174 hertz first because you've got pain and that will help remove the pain. So I said, because I trust the person, I said, okay, I'll do it. So I went back and I started listening to 174 hertz. And funny enough, Omar, it started relieving the pain. I didn't get the headaches. It started relieving the pain. So I, I was listening to it more and more. So in the beginning, I was listening to it for about 45 minutes. And that went to like an hour, two hours, and so on. So I realized, oh, my God, this thing actually is working. It's working. Now, the interesting thing that happened for me was I started understanding the connection between the emotions that I was having out externally and the internal workings of my body. So imagine it from this point of view, Omar, right? When you go out there and you get a hug from your daughters, because I know you love your daughters, right? Yes. yes. When you get a hug from your daughters, well, how does that make you feel? The best thing in the world. There you go. There you go. Okay. Now, yeah. if we break that down from a scientific standpoint, there's things that happen in your brain when they're hugging you, but there's also things that happen from a chemical standpoint. Oxytocin is the chemical that is created when you hug. When you show love, when you hug somebody, when you feel love, you get a, a, a burst of oxytocin into your system. Now, when you sit down and you think about that, the last two years that we've had where we couldn't hug people, meet people, mm. it, it created a problem, right? Yeah. It created a massive problem. Now, in addition to that, the, you've got the opposite. When you feel stress and anxiety, there's another chemical that's produced. It's called cortisol. Now, again, what people don't understand is cortisol, there's so many things around you that develop cortisol in your body. Now, remember what we're talking about. We're talking about likening the emotion that you feel to a chemical actually being emitted into your body, which is your body's response to the emotion that you feel. Mm. Now, when you see people who are angry a lot of the time, who are vexed a lot of the time, that's the emotion that they're expressing. But internally, there's a chemical that is being produced. And that chemical has an impact on the body. And that's what makes people actually sick. So when I was going through this whole process, it started coming to me. I started understanding, oh my God, that's the connection here. It's not just, oh, I feel this way today and I feel that way today. There's something that's happening in my body. That's the reason why my body feels different. The next thing that I suddenly realized, I was looking for my old photo albums as you do, right? And every single time I took a picture in the sunshine, Omar, I looked different. And I don't just mean like I was smiling different. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. When you go abroad, when the sun hits you, when you go to, have you got any special places that you go to where you just feel a certain way and you feel vibrant and you look different? Yeah, of course. There's many places that I travel a hell of a lot. So, yeah. Right. The first time you went to the motherland, Mm. What year was that? 
first time I went, it was uh, 2003. Okay, 2003. Yeah, I went to Ghana, yeah. Right, right. And I know, I know your mum was in Ghana, right? Yeah, yeah, my parents are in Ghana now. We're, we're, it's, it's a Jamaican family, but my parents... Uh, Rasta, so they went. They went to, yeah, like you said, the motherland. Right, right. And the first time you stepped off foot into off off the plane in Ghana, how how did you feel? Was it significantly different? Hot is what I thought. <laughs> yeah, <that's> right, right. <laughs> now listen, every time you know, every country has its different vibrations. Every place has its, its has its different vibe. That's how you know you're in a in a different country because it will. It's it's a completely not alien but foreign place to work, you know forget the word but it's foreign to where you where you come from. Come from. That's, that's why I think that's why people like to go away. You know what I mean? Because they like to have exactly. a change. Exactly, exactly. Which is the point I'm actually making, Omar. Mm. Every mm. environment that you go into has its own frequency, right? Mm. Every environment you go into has its it has its own frequency, and it's it's more so. I can hear it in the background, Omar. You've got birds around you. You've got nature around you. Mm. That in itself is a healing frequency. It's referred to as 432 hertz as a frequency. So anybody in the audience, if you're listening, if you, if you want to feel rela as relaxed as Omar sounds, <laughs> fling on 432 hertz and that will help. Now, the, f the funniest thing is we've discussed it in this room before. At a specific point in the 1800s, they decided to turn, change the universal frequency from 432 hertz, which is what we refer to as a benevolent frequency, to uh, 440 hertz, which is referred to as a chaotic frequency. So remember when I was mentioning to you about the cortisol in the body, yeah. right? Yeah. That is what that frequency helps to create. So when you're listening and you're feeling anxious, when you're listening to the news or you're watching certain things, a lot of the time, the music is tuned to that frequency. Now, there's a handful of musicians that we all know. We all know Michael Jackson, right? Mm -hmm. We've all heard of the likes of Prince. Um, you've mentioned even Stevie Wonder. A lot of their engineers understand this kind of stuff. And when they're tuning their music, they tune it away from that chaotic frequency and make sure that when it's tuned, it's tuned into more of a benevolent frequency. So, so have you ever come across that before in the studio yourself, Omar? No, no, okay. No, I, I mean, you know, that when they uh, back in the day when we used to have tapes, um, uh, you used to have to set up the tape and they'd use the tones and the frequencies to, to make sure everything was balanced right. So, yeah, that's right. I used to set up, but I that's not my thing, that's a technical thing which the engineer does. Get it, get it. But the funniest thing is, it sounds like you're receptive to that anyway, and you just mm. do it automatically because you've mentioned vibes. The vibe's got to be right. And not being funny, it sounds like your music is definitely inspired music, Omar. That's the truth. Otherwise, seven years, it's a long time. So that must be an inspired thing. Now, um, a question for you. I was, a little birdie told me that you have done a lot of work with Stevie Wonder. And there's a quote where Stevie Wonder says, when I grow up, I want to be like Omar. Now, <laughs> for me, Stevie's a de he's one of my big-time heroes. How did it feel the first time you worked with Stevie Wonder? Uh, you know, that's, uh, he's uh, my biggest musical hero from I was seven, seven eight years old. Uh, my first album that I listened to was uh, Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants. 
And to get to meet him was uh, was incredible in the first place. Uh, and then I kept, I just kept bumping into him like every so often through the years until he actually got to hear my second album, Music. Um, because my manager, Keith Harris, is his uh, representative in, in the UK. And he passed it over and he said, oh, he, he loved he loved the, the album and he wanted to write me my first number one. And yeah, you could, I mean, you know, that's a kid in the candy shop right there because that's you know, that's God talking to you. Um, and so I felt really blessed that I'd actually gotten to, to meet my idol and that also he wanted to to work with me. I couldn't have felt any better. Um, and which track did he actually write? Is it the uh, the, yeah, it's on it's on the album uh, Things We Want It and it's called Feeling You. Uh, we did that in 2000. We actually went to the studio in 93 uh, when I was in LA. I was telling you I was writing with um, all those other uh, the idols of mine, and uh, but we never actually got to write anything because he fell asleep in the studio <laughs> at, at, at the time. Uh, but you know, he'd been up all day and everything like that. So I just right. thought, yeah. with Stevie, uh, you have to be patient and you have to play the waiting game, you have to play the long game. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was uh, you know, um, it blew my mind. And we actually wrote two songs, but that, that the better one is the one that um, people couldn't hear, right. Right. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Now, we're actually coming up to the hour and we're going to be opening up to the audience for a few questions. OK, um, so if you have got any questions for Omar, please raise your hands. We'll bring you up stage if you wait patiently um, and you'll be able to ask your questions directly to the man himself. Um, now, something very interesting, Omar, hmm. you've been in the music game for a long, long, long time, right? And obviously you've seen it change. How would you liken the way that music is now to how it was before? Has it become easier or has it become more difficult? And when I'm saying that, I'm speak, speaking about more of the, the productive uh, production process as opposed to, to, to the business side. Uh, well, the production process is uh, uh, kind of easier. You know, I remember when I used to travel to uh, the States to work, I'd have to carry a whole bunch of equipment, um, you know, uh, keyboards, uh, 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 interfaces, and, uh, and sounds, and stands, and boxes, and all kinds of stuff. Whereas now you can have it on just a, a laptop and a keyboard. You know what I mean? You can do everything. You can travel very much compact, um, which, is, which is very useful if you travel a lot. And um, I, I think you know it's very interesting at the moment because the control that the major record labels and radio stations and TV stations, they don't have that same grip that they used to have because we have the internet now. So people can access music any way they, they see fit. They don't have to listen to, you know, the, you remember we only had like four stations um, for TV stations. <laughs> TV stations, yep. Do you know what I mean? And, or, like, we've, got some, we've, got some, we've got some very young young uh, listeners, though. They, they might not remember that time. They know who I'm really? talking about. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Google it, um, boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> four, four TV stations. And then, uh, yeah, so I find people experimenting a lot, uh, which is great, I think, because that's what we need to do. That's always pushing, pushing the boundaries. But there's, I mean, there's so many people, man. It's like trying to like stand out in a crowd is is much more harder. I, I feel for the 
for the young ones uh, that we're going to be trying to trying to make it now because you know there's a lot of talented people out there. There's a lot of good music, so you know yeah you have to find some way of um, like I say standing out from the crowd and and um, standing up and being counted. Definitely, definitely, and. and on that note, do you find it sometimes hard to reinvent yourself, or how do you keep on coming back with the source? No, no, I've always got, I've always got ideas of things that I want to do, and I've just got, I'm, I've got a kind of personality that I'm always seeking something, something different, and I, I always inevitably find it. I've still got that fire in my belly as well. Um, like I did when I was a, when I was a teenager. When I when I make music, I, 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 I make I turn it into fun, and um, you know, I've been blessed enough that I, I still keep, seem to come up with these these bangers that people people want to hear. You know, love it, love it. One other question that I've got for you. Okay, mm. when it comes to music as a whole, have you ever experienced uh, any barriers? that have kind of held you back from you, you know, growing into the artist that you wanted to become? Uh, you know, there, there was, uh, you know, that institutionalized racism thing that uh, everybody talks about from back in the day. Um, you know, when the whole uh, George Floyd thing kicked off and people started expressing, they started telling their own stories and things. Uh, my old manager told the story of how he went to Capital Radio it's even it's not capital. There's no capital now, is it? It's Google Radio. There we go. <laughs> so um, he he went to he went to Capital with like my latest single, whatever it was, and the guy who was there um, doing the playlist basically said, "We've got Craig David. Why why what do we need with Omar?" So wow. you know what I mean. It it was seriously a one in one out type of thing. You know what I mean? Mm, 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 it, was, mm. it was crazy. And, and, and do do you feel that that impacted your career in some way? Uh, no, no. I mean, you know, it it may have stopped me from getting on the playlist or whatever. But I I don't even think about um, charts That's or positions or anything like that. All I do is just make the music I want to make. And people listening, which they have done so far, um, that's that's all I really care about. You know what I mean? Love it, love it. We have a, a question from the audience. Oh, it's not even a question. It's just somebody basically wanting to uh, big you up, as he said. He wants to big you up. This is coming from Bless. Dwight uh, for your recent NFT collaboration. Now, oh, tell yes. us a little bit about that, Omar. NFTs. Uh, NFT. Uh, that stands for a non-fungible non-fungible fungible token yeah fungible token yeah 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 it's li li linked to cryptocurrency but it was a one it's a one-off there's an alpha and a beta alpha is like there's one piece of artwork right. electronic artwork which uh the 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 winning bid got one uh they they, they won the, the the uh unique piece of artwork and a, a song which i had i've never released um uh, it was uh, oh, a full wow. uh, a full-length version of my baby says, which is just an intro, it's just an intro of, um, to the album for pleasure. Uh, I've, I made a full version of that, but nobody ever heard it. But um, the winning bid got that that piece, that art collection. It's an interesting, like new, you know, new piece of technology, new way that musicians can sell their art and things like that. That I'm still I'm still learning about as well. But I think that you know. When you see what happened with Bitcoin and all those things, there, you, you know, it's all linked to that. Um, 
yeah, it's a very interesting time. Definitely, definitely. And I, I commend you for getting on it because to, I'll be honest with you, that's that's a, a very intricate space, you know. Um, but it, again, it shows your innovation. It shows exactly what you're about. Do you have a most, do you have a memorable performance? Out of all of your performance, you've been performing for years, we understand, but do you have a performance that stands out? Wait, what, what, are you, what are you doing to me, man? <laughs> <laughs> Out of the you know, hundreds of thousands of times I've, I've performed, pick one. Uh, no, listen, it's, there's all different kinds, uh, it's times and places. I mean, I've been blessed to, to sing in some amazing places around the world. We, we've got a very beautiful planet, I'd say that right now. And, and I mean, you know, when I travel into countries I've never been and, and people are singing my songs, and I, you know, I don't even speak their language, but they speak that they're singing the songs to me. That that really does it does something to you. You know what I mean? And I, you know, there's so many places I don't I can't really like single them out. You know, uh, New Zealand was one, Japan, New York, uh, Malasimbo, uh, Philippines. You know, I can keep, I can go on and on and on. So, oh, uh, all right, I'll, I'll, there's another question on that same note. Then, within all of your performances, which has been your worst performance? Something that stood out because something went wrong, Omar. My worst. Well, you know, when you when when you're singing in very loud venues and there's no one in there, that's, <laughs> that, that really does uh, uh, put something in the memory. You know what I mean? And that Definitely. stuff that, that stuff still happens to this day. I mean, I think I was in Italy, yeah. and it was a gig that uh, a friend had set up, and and uh, we were literally singing in front of ten people in a room that could have fit at least five hundred. Oh, you know, wow. you know what I mean. That yeah, that kind that kind of thing is, you know. I did one in uh, South Africa, which I was looking forward to so much, um, but the band wasn't my band. It was a rubbish band. I had to sack the band in the middle of the set. <laughs> like literally, I no. Listen, I I said right because like in the rehearsals, it was just terrible. Me and uh, Alexander O'Neill were using this band, and Alexander uses backing tracks while he's right while the band was playing. They they were that bad. And I just said to them, listen, I'm not having any playing with the backing tracks. You play two songs and you're off. You're out of there. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, I, I said to the audience, oh, say bye to the band. And they went, oh, I went, I went, no, you don't want to know. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. <laughs> Wow! Wow! Nah, it happens. I understand. All right, so we've got a, we've got a question from from Sean, uh, who's in the audience, and she's basically Hello, said, Sean. "Yeah, she basically said, uh, number one, firstly, she wants to thank you uh, for all the gems that you've dropped." Um, and her question is, if a film was to be made about your journey in the music industry, what song would you choose to be the theme track? <laughs> And why? Uh, it's a good one, Sean. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, it, it, it would have to be the man, wouldn't it? I think. Uh, yeah, right. You know, I heard somebody was telling me that 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 song, like that, how it begins, that they they would love to hear that played every time they walked into a room. And I right. thought it was a really good way of describing it. So, I mean, that was the first thing I could think of. There's so many songs. Because I am quite complicated, you know what I mean, and it, and it depends which way the wind is blowing, uh, on how I would be feeling as well. But let's let's, uh, yeah, say for argument's sake, it's, it's the man. It would be the man, the man. Mm. And why, why, why the man? 
Why? Because it, that's, you know what I mean? It's, that kind of does explain a lot of, of about me. Uh, you know, I've made mistakes in the past and everything, but hopefully I'm doing the right thing for now. But it's the groove on the track, <laughs> simply. I love simple the groove. That. It's the groove. Yeah. Love it, love it. So we've got another question, okay? And this question is from Sandra. She's listening. Again, an, another fan. She basically said, Omar the family man, right? What adjective describes him best? Describes you best? What word describes you best? What word describes me best? Um, vibes, man. <laughs> I think. I think that's what describes me best. You know, I'm vibes, always uh, uh, well because I'm always vibrating on 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 a hot. Higher frequency. I, I don't. I don't want to say. Yeah. Well, that's. You know what I mean. I didn't want to say that. But yeah, because I always am. But it's know? the truth. Always... Omar, it's the truth. It's the truth. Mm. You're speaking the truth. You're in a safe place. We can speak here because we understand what we're talking about. And right. and the truth of the matter is, it's it's very interesting that you speak about that. Before our next question, I'll break something down. There was a doctor, Doctor Imotu, who uh, just does something called the the, the water experiment. And what he did, uh, a lot of the guys in the room, they already know about this, but what he did is he subjected water um, to scientific experiments and looked at it under a magnifying glass, well, not under a microscope, with a group of scientists. And what he did was he took different types of water and he subjected them to different conditions. So one of the conditions was he, what, what he was doing was he was subjecting the water to positive words, words like love, words like thankful, words like grateful. And then he would look at the, uh, the molecule underneath the magnifying glass and take pictures, right? Mm. Now, the shapes that were created when he subjected the water to uh, those words were phenomenal. So you'd, would, uh, if you can get a chance, Google this. You'll be amazed at what you see. So what you see is beautiful, crystallized uh, shapes that were created. And every single time he would speak specific words, the shape would change. Then he'd done the opposite, Omar. He subjected some of those words to negative words like hate and evil and kill. And again, the shapes changed under the magnifying glass, right? And the color changed also. He did this for light, he did it for music, he did it for all, all manner of things. And it's called the water experiment. Now, when you think about that, and you think about the fact that we're human beings and we're made up with more, of more than 80% water, right? Yeah. It's the reason why when you walk into a room, Omar, you might not feel somebody. You've ne the person's never spoken to you in your life, but you're vibrating at a different frequency. And that's the water inside you. So right. I, I, when you're sitting down and you're saying that you vibrate at a higher frequency, it's not just something that you're saying, something that biologically is happening within you, mm. you know? Okay, so there's another question that we've got for you. Um, and this question is coming from Aquila. Um, is there an album that has been created that you're more proud of uh, and that has a much deeper meaning than the others at a particular <laughs> moment in your life? <laughs> so. uh, no, I think that goes back to what I was saying about that is picking a favourite song. Favorite no, but because each, each album... Is is significant in my life, and I'm very proud of each one because they they uh, signified a different stage of where I was where I was at the time. 
Um, you know, from the first to the last, I've I've been proud of every every single one, and 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 it's bangers on each one, you know. So, right now, I I can't pick one out over the other. Got you, got you, got you. Now, now, it's funny when you say a favorite child, because I get that very hard Mm. to pick a favorite child. But each child has got its own characters, right? We're <laughs> <laughs> going, yeah. Right. So, so do you have certain albums where you were feeling like specifically mellow and other albums where you're feeling very, very energetic and lively? Or is that more down to each individual you, track? You, you, you have just described all my albums. Uh, some, is me- some bits of it are mellow and some are, are more lively. And that's right. all my that's all my music. You know what I mean? I cover I cover everything. Um, and uh, it's stuff that that you want to chill out to, stuff that you want to wake up in the morning to, stuff that you want to um, get close to someone with. To you know what I mean? Something something that you just want to party, you just want to get down and have fun. You know what I mean? So I cut co- I cover all all aspects, and that's on every single album, and that will be on every single album till I'm Love gone. That. You know. Love that, love that. Now, okay, so we've got one more question for you. In fact, we've, I think we've got another two questions for you. This question is coming from Corinne. She's basically saying, firstly, thank you for making a range of music from the innovative fine to the beautiful orchestral songs like Last Request. Right? So she, she's a fan. She's a fan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, her question is, when you're performing, you seem to vibrate and play with your whole being yeah are there musicians who are technically competent technically competent uh who you can't play with because your vibrations are are not aligned <laughs> wow uh it's a, it's a good question i i don't i've never thought of who i can't perform with because we're not technically aligned you know i'll give me a microphone and a stage and the right music i'm singing with anybody you know what I mean? Right. I, I grew up, I grew up um, classically trained. I grew up playing in a youth orchestra. You know what I mean? I played percussion. I was at the back at one point. I was playing uh, in a percussion ensemble. I played, I played tuba in in brass quartets. Uh, you know what I mean? That that was before I started to write songs. And then when I write songs, I, be, I, I you know, I, I tell you, I was at the. Uh, I was the principal percussionist of the Kent Youth Orchestra. Wow. We, to, we played at the Royal Festival Hall every year from there. I was 13 until um, I was about 16, 17. And I, I always thought to myself, you know, one day I'm going to play in, I'm going to be at the front of the stage. And I, I have since played the Royal Festival twice as myself at the front of the stage. Wow. So any, give me any, give me any situation. Uh, do you know what I mean? I, I, I will, I will step up because uh, you know I'm just used to that. I, I, I'm, and I, I'm a show off at heart. I like performing in front of people, so it'd be, yeah, I find it very hard not to perform. Unless they that rubbish band that played in South Africa. <laughs> <All right>? <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's the frequency I didn't like. So right. there you go. <laughs> right, right, love it, love it. So we've got another question from uh, our brother Adrian, who's in the audience. Um, he says, by far, his favorite album is the whole, the, the best, uh, is the whole best by far album. Best right? by, best far. by okay. far, yeah. Sure. Now, sure. his question is, are there any artists you have on rotation that you're listening to on a regular basis? Please 
give him a male artist that's on rotation that you listen to and a female artist? Who do you rate? Well, that's going to be that simple. I mean, Stevie, Songs in the Key Alive, Secret Life of Plants. Those are the definite go-to albums um, for me. And Syrita, um, and Syrita Wright was Stevie's wife. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going too far from, from him. But uh, she was my favorite female vocalist of all time. And uh, the album that I love of hers was basically Stevie Wonder presents Syrita. Um, so right. I'm going left and uh, we've ended now as lovers and things like that. This, those are the people that uh, I, I always seem to, to, to go back to. Love it, love it. I mean, Stevie, Stevie is just, when it comes to music, he's, he's epic. Yeah. But a lot of the time when I'm speaking to people, I, I've seen Stevie from afar, and I've also met whole, he's, the whole of his band, but unfortunately I haven't met him personally. Right. What was it like meeting him? Because obviously the, the obvious is there. Stevie can't physically see with his eyes but from what i hear he can see or feel colors or something like that when somebody was talking to me before what was it like when you met with him i don't know about think or feeling colors yeah he likes to feel women's faces i know know that much um (laughs) right right he he is uh on on a like you know we talk about vibrating on a higher level he is that he is that guy that, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I don't think he would need to earn any money again to eat or live or anything because he is revered as a god, as he should be, because, mm. you, know, you know, the catalogue, the music he's done, uh, the, the music that we've all been brought up on is is second to none. And uh, meeting him is something else as well. But like I said, I met him so many times through the through the years. I mean, the first time he didn't know that I'd met him, but... Because just simply because uh, we weren't meant to meet, um, we're, uh, Mozart Estate, which was was which was Mozart, West London. that's West London, yeah, right? exactly, yeah. area. If, okay, exactly. If you remember what was that, he doing down there? well, this is the thing. There was like a, a, a fair that was happening uh, round the back in the estate at the time, and um, uh, my brother. There's a picture of my brother Scratch with him with his arm around him. Because he just came out of nowhere with his entourage, and, in the, and his first words were, "I, I know that some of some of you couldn't come and see me, so I came to see you." Like that, which blew everybody's mind. And, and you know, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder. And then, then the next time I got to meet him, I got to meet him with my dad and his business partner and Stevie's manager, who wasn't my manager at the time, Keith Harris. Right. Great picture, picture of that. Um, as well, and then the next time after that was when I went to see him performing at the Wembley Arena, which is where my manager gave him my album music, and that's when he heard it, and he said he wanted to he wanted to write with me. So, you know, we built up this kind of relationship of seeing each other every so often, and it was inevitable that we were gonna, uh, we were gonna um, work together at some point. Love it, love it. Thank you so much. Okay, so, th- so so there's another question. Someone's asking again. It's it's Dwight. He's asking, what was it like working with Natalie, Flo Floicist Stewart? So I think poetry. Flo, yeah, yeah, yeah. N- Natalie's so uh, amazing. I mean, really professional. Very, very. I mean, it was quick. I think I've recorded it somewhere. I mean. Uh, the song feeds my mind. Uh, the, the beat was uh, my brother's, and the funny thing is, we, we like, like I was saying to you before, these these things have, you have to put these things in, in the, at the right time. We'd actually started writing that song probably about two thousand four, two thousand five, 
we were getting a beat together and everything. But it wasn't until 2011, 12, um, that we thought, oh, that she'd be perfect. She'd be perfect for that, you know, with a, with a right. style of, of spoken word, rapping. Mm. It was just beautiful for that. And she just came in, and I think it was done in like half an hour. It was that quick, you know what I mean? She just did it a couple of times, and then bam, it was, it was there. Same thing working with Estelle, um, for enough for our, Oh, uh, little, Miss Soiree. Uh, yeah. Oh, friend of us. Yeah. Uh, uh, amazing. Another amazing rapper, uh, lyricist. Um, and she was really quick as well. I mean, it's amazing how quick these these um, these people are. You know, these artists uh, are doing that thing. But they they, they reminded me of each other in terms of how quick and professional they were. Phenomenal, phenomenal. So there's one more question that this, uh, that that um, Aquila wants to ask. Okay. Um, how how do you keep yourself in shape? Uh, do you have a daily routine? Um, and uh, do you like to cook? That's what <laughs> I like to eat. You know, uh, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, yeah, cooking, cooking, I've been trying to get on that as well, but it's, it's very hard to think ahead. You know, you need that thinking ahead of what you're supposed to be doing type of thing. I don't have that in me. Um, uh, but I, I I train at uh, Muay Thai. I, there's a place up in yes, in, I see in, that. In, I see that in Brighton called Kenshira, and they 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 help me stick to it. I'm a lover, not a fighter. You know what I mean? But at least I try and keep on top of uh, of you know the day to day happenings because I I, it's, I feel like I'm training for a fight. You know what I mean? Or training for the war, whatever it is that I need to get my music out there. If I'm fit, fighting. You know, people trying to suppress what I'm trying to do or something like that. I mean, you know, that's kind of, that's the thing uh, that keeps, that drives me forward. Um, right. But it's, it's good to keep healthy, you know what I mean? When I'm performing on stage, you know, you're on there for an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is, uh, you, yeah, you want to be on top of your game. Of course, of course, of course. If I do cook, it would be stewed chicken and rice and peas. Oh. Stew chicken, rice and peas. Ackee and saltfish. I mean, the staples. Love it. Scotch bonnet. You know, guys. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, listen, Omar, um, yes. we're actually drawing to the end of our session. We've got another yes. eight minutes. Um, I'd love to play one of your tracks. And you mentioned the man, right? Yes. So yes. is it okay if... Because if, there might be some people who, who haven't even heard the track before. Sure. Um, I'd love to play that. I've got a question for you, right? Mm. You have, because you've been in the music industry for such a long time, you've seen the transition from the old days of vinyl and seven inches and, you know, 12 inches, all that kind of stuff, to the yeah. new age of streaming. Has that had a massive impact in terms of, of how things are, are done and how revenues and stuff like that, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the streaming thing is very controversial right now because obviously uh, you, you, you're not getting nearly as much money as if people bought the music and downloaded it. Right. Um, which, you know, especially with what happened in the last 18 months, that really didn't help a lot of people. Uh, right. So... I think I think that needs to be needs to be dealt with. I mean, I was of the the thinking that if people get to hear my music anyhow, then I'm sort of happy with that because then I can go out and tour and I can sell CDs at the shows and things like that. I mean, I had a, I, I saw a post one time. This was a while back actually. It was when I when I only had five albums, and uh, somebody had posted all of the albums 
up on his like blog or whatever you want to call it. And I was thinking, oh, is that taking a piss? I'm not sure if it is or you know what I mean. But then I read all, <laughs> I, then I read all the comments underneath, and right. like hundreds, how, hundreds, hundreds of people saying thank you so much for posting this. I've been looking for his music, and in you know in the countries that they were, they couldn't, right. they couldn't get it. They couldn't but get because of it. exactly, but because of that post, they got to hear the music, and you know what I mean. And and their fans from forever, forever more now. So. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take the rough with the smooth in certain ways. You know what I mean? Because I I would have now gone uh, traveled to their places. You make sure you have your merchandise, your CDs, and everything. Because when you do gigs, people love to buy the CDs as well. So that that you know, on the back end, it works that way. But I think the streaming it still needs to it needs to be resolved because right now they're getting it for peanuts. You know what I mean? Right. Not not right. not a lot of money when people are just streaming the music. But you know. Um, people are getting to hear the music. That's that's the the the, the next thing. So um, w that argument's not done yet. I hear that. I hear that. Well, you know, the, the funniest thing is, Omar, I love your vibe in the studio. I've had the privilege of, of being in your studio a couple of times when you mm. when we were recording in there with Uyan. Uyan, 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 to, to find its natural course because it's only the other day I was sitting back listening to you know uh, listening to some of the elements of it and it, it definitely is a track that, that, wicked, that the world it's a wicked tune it's a wicked tune we've got to win this track for sure for sure definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But, but listen I've, I've, you know I love talking to you my brother you know I love talking yeah. to you um, I'm going to play the man um, so that everybody can hear um, I just want to ask you your next album what is it entitled when is it coming out? How can people get into it? How can they get it all? Right. So at the moment, I, I, the, I, the title that I have for the album is Bright As The Days. Um, in terms of how they get it is another thing now, because I'm in talks of I'm going to start doing EPs. So you get to hear bits of, you know, like four tracks and then another four tracks and then another. You know what I mean? But there's, right. uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of songs. There's a bunch of people that I've been working with on this one. And, and uh, I'm really happy with where it is, you know. After you finish an album, you're kind of exhausted. You're spent because you've spent all your energy on that one. Now I'm ready. This this one is 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 something something else. And you, would, uh, if you look on my Instagram, then you can see little snippets that I put up, and the response has been phenomenal. So um, yeah, brighter the days. And watch this space. Well, listen. I can't wait. I can't wait. We've got, we are going to be having, um, you don't know this, but we've got the Blux Club on, on, on um, Clubhouse, which is what you're a part of now. Um, okay. And we've got a link up, which is going to be planned with something else that we're doing, which is, which is a course, which is going to be coming out. And I would like to personally invite you to the link up. So it's going to be probably where I'm at right now in Portugal. All right, so a bit That's of sunshine for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, so, yeah. so I would like to personally invite you. I'll, I'll give you the details as and when it, it, it comes about. But I'd love you to perform something from uh, your, your latest track because I think it would be quite apt. Um, but thank you so much, Omar, man. I appreciate you. Love and appreciate you. 
you know. Um, so, so, guys, we are going to hear a track which is called The Man by Omar. If you want to hear some of his stuff, you can go to his website. Um, his website is actually omarmusic.co.uk. So um, if you get a chance, make sure you go to the website and have a look at his massive discography of all of his music. Um, some of it's available for download there. You can hear a, a little bit more. But Omar, we're going to hear this track from you. Thank you so much. Um, My pleasure. And, and please have a fantastic performance. Sure, sure. I will do. All right. Bless up. Thank you for joining me, Joseph the Dreamer, on this podcast. If you've enjoyed the information shared and want to gain even more valuable insights, sign up today. Go to www.blux.eu. That's www.blux.eu for our self-transformation and optimization lifestyle development program. You'll gain a wealth of life-changing information to help you empower your dreams.